All right, uh, let's see. We need to, uh, I think we're all ready to go. It's Veterans Day. Yes, we really got to get all hyped and to it, to it. Huh? Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. All right, hit it. Shorty loves it, yeah. Loves that I'm a dog. They don't want it, yeah. They scared of what I know. Told you the budget, yeah. I gotta get my own. Shout out my bros. This right here deserves a toast. Yeah. Hey. It's EDB, that's Eric Deshaun Barrett, and if you connect to this when it's released, then it's Friday. It is 10 days into month 11, 2023. It is technically the day. Most folks will say that Veterans Day is observed on uh, November 11, but this is the day that we observe it. For all of us, basically give you a day off so you can chill and relax. Chilling out back and relaxing all cool. But we're grateful today. Uh, you hear me talk about every day uh, when I close out uh, that we're thankful for the people who lace up the uniform of these states united. And we're going to take a minute to do that in just a few. But before we get to that, I want to thank you personally on behalf of the platform for which you have uh chosen to consume this i thank you for doing whatever is necessary to make sure you get these pieces of business each and every time they are released to the internet that is awesome sauce and then you slide it into somebody's dms make sure it's consensual now we appreciate you doing that and uh, making sure that everybody else hears what's going on we come from norfolk at least i do and in Norfolk, one thing that makes us very unique is the fact that we have the world's largest naval base. And that means that many of the uh, service persons, the people who lace up the uniform and the boots of these states united, have in some way, shape, or form had some type of influence or been connected to the influence of the Norfolk system. And so we give pause today to all of the people, past and present, those who are still hitting the pavement for uh, foreign justice. That is what our servicemen do. They rack the pavement of foreign justice. But also we're grateful for the people who have racked the pavement. The pavement. Not that well, they got the payment, and we're still paying them. We're paying them with our kindness. We're paying them with, you know, all them lovely deals. You get 10% off here, 25% off there. You know, you're going down to get some, you're going to get some good deals today. God bless your heart. All the service people, go down and get them deals. Yeah. But more importantly, you have hit the pavement. Some of you put in 20, 30, maybe even more years hitting the pavement for justice. We appreciate you for doing so. And then you may know some people. Did you call somebody today? Did you send them a tweet? Did you slide into their DMs and say, hey, I thank you for what you have done? I thank you because it may not seem that way. But because you decided because you put your your hand on the Bible or your hand in the air 
Well, one hand went in the air for sure. The other one might have went on the Bible. It may not, depending upon how you feel. But you definitely put your your name, your John Hancock. You gave your signature. You signed on the dotted line and said, as Patrick McAfee would say, when all hell breaks loose, here I is. I don't think he said it like that, but, you know, I had to add my touch. And so I appreciate you. For hook or crook, by hell or high water, for whatever reason, you still said, here I is. And you showed up and you handled the, you you did the do. And so we appreciate you. Can you can you go tell somebody that? That you appreciate them? Not only that, text somebody that is a spouse of a service person and tell them how much you appreciate them on this day. There's some girls out there, some boys that are sitting at the house right now and they're basically alone because their spouse is on a ship somewhere out in the air remember them these are trying times most importantly for the servicemen and women but they're trying times for their partners for their children for other close uh, connections to them so if you know somebody that knows somebody is what I'm trying to say go and tell them you love them huh? I appreciate you my friends, there are some things that are happening in our world, around our world, and most importantly right here in our hood that we want to bring attention to. We kick off our time of meditation, if you please. We want to talk about what's going on in the Gaza Strip. Smoke rises behind Gaza's Ashifa Hospital. In the courtyard and corridors are thousands of displaced people. At the gates, body bags. Israeli forces fought Hamas militants among ruined buildings in the north of the Gaza Strip on Thursday inching their way closer to Ashifa and another main hospital in Gaza City. In the emergency room, this man says he and others tried to head south, but when they reached the road, a tank fired at them. Others fled along a frontline route. The White House said on Thursday, Israel has agreed to pause operations in northern Gaza for four hours a day from Thursday, the first sign of respite in Gaza's war. Palestinian officials said more than 10,800 Gaza residents have been killed as of Thursday, about 40% of them children. I know what you're thinking. You're like, dude, you, uh, <laughs> I listened to like a 52 second clip just for what, 10 seconds of good news? Yes. But life is like a good shit. Bulk of it is body raking, but nothing is sweeter than the feeling immediately after that turd hits the bowl. But there is there is hope. Since the 1970s, Israel has been one of the top recipients of the United States foreign aid policies. Currently, Israel receives $3 billion annually in U.S. assistance through Foreign Military Financing, or FMF. So I'm guessing what I'm trying to tell you is that there are about to be some good popping offs here, right? Yeah. Israel, um, while House Republicans are leading on approach, we're also leading the charge to support our cherished friend. And last week, in one of my first acts as speaker, we passed a resolution reaffirming our commitment to Israel and its moment of peril. And now, as Israel begins the next phase of its war, it's been kind of disturbing to us. I've heard Democrats uh, suggest that there needs to be a ceasefire. Let us be clear. We've been very clear about this. There was a ceasefire. It was before October 7th. Hamas broke it, and Israelis suffered unspeakable acts of evil, as you've heard even recounted here this morning. Israel doesn't need a ceasefire. It needs its allies to cease with the politics and deliver support now. That's what we're doing. 
House Republicans plan to do that. We're going to do it in short order, and it provides Israel the aid it needs to defend itself, free its hostages, and eradicate Hamas, which is a mission that must be accomplished. Well, um, shit. Speaking of old Mike Johnson, uh, he's got a problem to deal with, and um, what, about eight days now? I think that's, is that about right? What's going on with that? This is a... Well, the U.S. is just about one week away from a potential government shutdown. But a plan to avert this costly closure of federal agencies uh, still eludes lawmakers. Speaker Mike Johnson says House Republicans want to keep the lights on in Washington, but the newly elected House leader has yet to announce a plan to accomplish this. Mr. Johnson, I want to read from you, or for you, should I say, from the Bible, because that's, you know, what you understand. First uh, Timothy chapter 5, verse 8. It says, but if anyone does not provide for his own family, especially for his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Mr. Johnson, America is your household. Provide for it before you go providing for some peoples that God knows what they're doing over there. But right, uh, what's his name? Uh, Manchin, how you doing? You're doing good things, right? After months of deliberation and long conversation with my family, I believe in my heart of hearts that I have accomplished what I set out to do for West Virginia. I have made one of the toughest decisions of my life and decided that I will not be running for re-election to the United States Senate. But what I will be doing is traveling the country and speaking out to see if there is an interest in creating a movement to mobilize the middle and bring Americans together. To the West Virginians who have put their trust in me and fought side by side to make our state better, it has been my honor of my life to serve you. Thank you. Traveling the country and speaking out to see if there is an interest in creating a movement to mobilize the middle and bring Americans together. What that 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 want a shout of a moment? You you couldn't shout on that? I, I, uh, oh, because it possibly is going to turn to a Republican seat. That that oh, we'll deal with that tomorrow. How about uh, how about this right here for good news? How about this right here? After 13 years of planning, Chesapeake City leaders are breaking ground on bringing the historic Cornland School back to life. Located off Highway 17 near the Great Dismal Swamp, freed slaves built the school in 1903 to teach black children in what was then Norfolk County. You see, 1903 was the time when really black people were not even supposed to be getting an education and really wasn't even, they weren't even taught to read. The plan is to turn this old building into a place where people can learn about the Cornland School's impact. Exhibitions will include stories of teachers and former students like Emma Nixon and Mildred Johnson. What we've been through, they don't have to do that. They have it so much better. Both women say they walked several miles to and from school every day. Let the other people know that what we went through. They don't have to go through it now. Oh, we made the way for him. We the pioneers. We made the way for him. Yes. The effort is part of a larger project to turn these eight acres into what's being called the historical village at the Dismal Swamp. Roughly $9 million in federal, state, and local funds are making it possible. Nixon and Johnson are just happy to see their stories told. Hope I will be able to see them completed. Me too. Yes. Yes. That's it. I want to see it completed and walk in it. Yeah. Gotta be the day. Yeah. I want that yes. for you too. Yes. Education. 
the people perish, Mr. Mike Johnson. That's in the Bible too over there in Hosea chapter 4 verse 6, I want to say. Because of a lack of understanding. What is understanding? Knowledge. What is knowledge? Education. And Chesapeake is saying, hey, let's educate the people. I like education. Speaking of education, how about the day in Norfolk? Sarah Downing. Yeah? Sarah Downing wants to talk today on November 10, 1973. A routine security check yields fake bills. What's this talking about? Let's get into it. What was described as a routine security check uncovered $45,000 in counterfeit money and the arrest of a 21-year-old sailor aboard the USS America. The young man created the bogus bills in the America's print shop. They were discovered when his brother came to retrieve the uncut cash, which was stashed in a briefcase. In addition to the counterfeit bills, the Secret Service also seized the plates that were used to print them. Officials described the money as, quote, fair quantity and said it was printed on, quote, bond paper with high rag content. Brother was about to go into some serious business here. Yes, sir. Sarah Downing had to let us know. Education. The people perished because of a lack of it. And she's doing it. On this day in Norfolk, as I like to say, today in NFK 1110-1973. So I was sitting here trying to think about, you know, various things that I want to talk about in today's chat and some of the different clips that we've put in that, you know, we were laughing and joking and and then I just got to a point when I was listening through these clips. I was listening to Joe Manchin. I was listening to another conversation with Barack Obama. He did a conversation as he's celebrating 15 years since uh, his first inauguration or his first uh, 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 election night, should I say. And uh, well, major election night because, you know, he one election before that but you get what I'm trying to say 2008 is what I'm focusing on and I'm, I'm listening to all these individuals and there's another gentleman who was a Republican who was a part of uh, 10 Republicans who were speaking out against uh, the January 6th issue and he actually served on uh, various councils and different things to try to bring justice to uh, the issues that went down at January 6th. I was stalling because I totally could not remember what old dude's name was. And Kissinger. Kissing, Kissing, is it Kissinger? Yeah. Kissinger. Or Kissinger. Adam Kissinger. Yeah, I just, I, I'm, I'm not stuck on his name. I'm stuck on trying to get it out of my mouth. But I was listening to him in his commentary. And. It brought me back to the local scene. I have been in various uh, rooms for some time. And it took me to now to realize that I am not crazy. It took me to now to realize that I am not the one 
who has no sense, that I am not the one who doesn't know what he's doing. It took me to now to realize that it's literally people who want something and they're doing everything they can to make what they want work despite all the different things that are being put in front of them to prove this will not work. Well, let me not come off as being riddly because I was trying to figure out how to say this without blasting folks, but I'm in some cases going to have to do that. There's a woman in this town and I love this woman dearly, but to some degree, this woman does not listen to anybody. She takes her position and she just goes with it. And that position three times running since I have known has cost this particular young lady in every aspiration. Three times has cost her in her aspirations. And it's literally the same response. The same response each and every time. You don't really care about black people. Now, is that true? Probably not. But can we prove it? Mm. And so here's the thing that I have been struggling to appeal to people in these last six to 12 months. I've been struggling to appeal to people uh, on a mindset that, well, honestly, I just developed maybe in the last six to uh, seven days, maybe. It's just got a name or labeled, if you please. I am of the persuasion that public opinion matters. Now, I know what you're going to tell me. Well, Eric... We don't have time to really worry about what people think about us. No, you don't. You don't. But you do have time to worry about if what people think about you is merited. Meaning, if I can prove it without shadow of doubt, it's merited. And those types of things should be considered. There was a ceremony that was predominantly attended by Caucasian people, even more so by Westsiders here in Norfolk, to dedicate a pocket pantry, as they call it, in the east side of Norfolk. Now, none of the leadership or any organization of color was represented at least under that represent under that organization there was a guy that you could now that I think about it you can link him to a organization of color but to actually have the organizations of color none of them were present at this event <laughs> Now, here is what the argument could be. The argument could be that, well, we reached out to them and we just didn't get a response. 
which now the counter could be you reached out to the stakeholders of these communities. They did not respond. And so you push through into their community on your own will and accord. Well, we reached out and we sent emails, we called, and we didn't get any response. So, okay, well, let's pause. Let's pause. Because one of two things happened there. A, either those organizations or those individuals that you reached out to either did not get your information because they didn't know who you were. Because you do not have any type of stake, any type of, of chaperone, if you please, in these communities, which is a conversation that I had with uh, some activists from the West who are mostly white. And I made the argument that if you don't have a chaperone in some of these neighborhoods, then y you can't go. And they took the position. Well, I don't like being told that I have to stay in my place. We're going to talk about that in a second. So what they learned by not being responded to is a classic lesson in two things. Number one, either the people didn't get it because they're very uh, or extremely disconnected and disenfranchised. Many of those people are old statesmen. They don't really use emails like that. And they don't really answer calls and, and stuff they don't know. They get a lot of spam calls, these seniors do. Or the second piece is where I want to go back to my uh, conversation that I just said I talked to you about. There was a classic case of I ignored you because you need to understand your place. Or as The Rock would say, know your role, jabroni. So let's just go to the extreme. And no, let, let, let's not do that. See, see how confused this is? Let, let's go to the extreme. Then we'll come back to, to, the, to the positive. The extreme. You just got ghosted. So now, what is the position to take here? The position to take here is we just got ghosted. So that means either we find somebody who has the ability to go into this neighborhood and make the crooked path straight for us, as the Bible would say, or we do absolutely nothing. They took the position of not doing absolutely nothing and not sending in an agent that could help smooth the pathway because that agent more than likely would have to be a rogue agent in some instances, meaning that agent would have to be someone with his own mind that age would have to be somebody that, that could not and will not allow himself or herself to be influenced. And most organizations don't like people who don't really know how to say, they'll tell you that they do. Uh, well, we like independent thinkers. No, they don't. They, they really like yes or masses. They really like that. Have a little splash of independence. But at the end of the day, realize that I'm the boss. I got the money. I mean, you think about it. These CEOs, these billionaires and these trillionaires. Look at Elon Musk, the book we read. 
He's a billionaire. A billionaire. And how did he become a billionaire? Because he's he and Donald Trump are just rawback authoritarianists. What I mean by rawback is a good corporate CEO knows how to fuck you with a good condom. Elon Musk and Donald Trump just fuck you raw and just spray it down your throat as hard as they can. So, so, so whether it's a nice condom job or ramming with no lube, the end result is still the same. You're getting fucked. That's how you, that's how the strong survive at the expense of the weak. So they chose this organization to do something without welcome. Now, here is where I want to point out to this organization. You are now a racist. Is that true about you personally? No. Did you do it with racial intent? No. But can I prove that you are a racist and you did do it with racist intent? Yes. Why? For everything I just told you. You did not get a black escort. You did not make sure that predominantly African-American people were involved in this process. For the most part, you probably could not get that, that okay or that blessing, if you please. And what does that do in the end? That makes you racist. Instead of peeling back, taking the hard, hard road of pushing through to build those relationships, to build those, those escorts, to stay in your lane and let the people who actually have some clout in these streets do what they do. No. You decide to push through on your own terms. That's what you did. So. Now what? You push through. On your own terms. And you planted a tree. Beautiful tree. A beautiful neighborhood. Anybody ask you to plant that tree? Absolutely not. But you could. Why? Because it was the city's land. And fuck what the people thought. Fuck what the people wanted. Fuck how the people felt. And the reason why I'm telling you this is because you're saying, well, we're doing buy-in and, and, and we're getting... Well, let me tell you something about poor and disenfranchised people. When you come into a conversation with, well, the city granted us this... Well, that's the end of that con. I don't want to else. Because at this point, there's really nothing else to say because what you just told me was that you were here because the city granted you the authority to do whatever project you're going to do. Okay, pause right there. Because what I just heard as a poor, working class, disenfranchised individual is that what I have to say at this point does not and will never matter. So I'm just going to sit there and shake my head and say, okay, I may ask one or two questions just to see how hard I'm going to get fucked. But at the end of the day, I realize that shit ain't going to matter. 
Oh, they doing something good over there. You know, the city doing what they doing. I, I guess it makes sense. Hey, yeah, all right. But let me tell you how this could work. How you can turn this around. Now, they put a tree out there. And then they named it. To a, dedicated it to a white woman in the black neighborhood. Now, I'm not going to pause and talk about that because that that explains itself and anyone with any grain of salt will understand how so let me tell you how we fix that number one take the name down put someone's name there who makes sense to this community do not fight me on well we feel no you don't get the right to feel you feel on the other side of the tracks in Ghent and Launchmont and Lock Haven and Ocean View. You can feel over there by, uh, 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 what's that neighborhood over there, right over there, the, the downtown. You feel over there. Freemason, that's what I'm thinking about. Feel over there. But when you come over into Bramilton, when you come over into Norfolk State, when you come over into Middletown Arch, when you come over into Grandy Village, when you come over into uh, Chesterfield Heights, when you come over into Ingleside Poplar Halls, Anna Street and this uh, uh, Ingleside or, or Broad Creek Shores, Broad Creek. When you come over to those communities, you don't get the right to feel. You get the right to respond to the feelings of those persons. That's called true equality. Not how you can push your agenda throughout the whole city. That's not equality. That's called supremacy. And here's the thing that I urge my African-American people to start to proclaiming. This is how, don't do it in private because it does us no good if you're gonna sit at the house and do it in private. Can I just take a side note right there at the fear of getting off subject and making this all jumbled up? Don't do it in private, come out. Come out, come out wherever you are. Would you please? I feel like a Baptist preacher. Will there be one? Will there be one? By letter? What is it? By new member, by letter, by Christian experience, my baptism. I can't remember. I've been out of baptism so long. I don't remember what they say. I don't even know if they do it like that anymore. <laughs> But come out and speak and tell the folks. We need a conference in this city, which, you know, the possibility of happening is slim to none because you don't have too many people. Maybe I should do a podcast series and just sit down and actually tell people, I need you to come out on this podcast. I need you to say these things live on air. But then here's the other thing that, 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 that makes me laugh. I'm sitting here doing this conversation. Do you think half of these folks going to listen? Absolutely not. They're going to say, well, Eric, you know, I got a lot of things going on. Uh, I, I'm just busy. You know, I'm, I'm trying to do my thing. And, you know, really, I'm really on this board because, you know, it just looks good on my resume. But I'm not going to tell anybody that because I really want people to think that I actually care about this. But I do care. I care about uh, pedestrian safety. I care about, you know, bike, bicycling and active activity. I do care about that because those are things I like to do. So, you know, that's why I'm here. But, but the other stuff is very complicated. I don't really want to get into that. I ain't got time, man. I'm, I'm trying to figure out where my next, you know, I, I'm looking at some job options. 
Because this Norfolk shit don't pay much. Let's just be real. So, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, San Diego or or San Francisco. That's a booming market, you know, for a nice little architectural person like myself. Uh, maybe Texas, you know, San Antonio. That's where all the Californians is going to, you know. So, so I'm looking for options, dude. Don't bother me with that bullshit where I'm just sitting here trying to pad my resume. So when I send it somewhere, I can get a good opportunity. Mm. So let me get let me get down to to the nitty gritty. Let me bottom line put the kibosh on this here. I started this by saying I used to feel literally like I was stupid, but then I just come to the conclusion it's that there are folks who just don't want to listen. They don't want to listen. They want what they want. And they're just going to do whatever they got to do to get it. And they're going to try to push their way through. And and it's is it racist? No, it's not racist. They'll push away on their own mother. They don't care about color. Now, granted, we have that, that lovely clause to fall back on. Especially as a black man, we can use that to, you know, get a lot of things done for our community. But But the real truth is, this has nothing to do with racism. It has to do with supremacy. It has to do with a group of individuals. In, in yesterday's reading of the uh, letters by Alexander Hamilton, if you're listening to this, then, then you, you uh, can go back. If you got Alex, go get the, the, uh, the, uh, Federalist Papers. You can find a book somewhere. I found it at Barnes and Nobles, which literally is a collection of essays written in favor of the new Constitution as agreed upon by the Federalists or the excuse me, the Federal Convention of 1787. Alexander Hamilton, James Madison and John Jay. It was just some letters they wrote in the newspaper, about 85 of them. Go get the Federalist Papers and read through them. You'll be glad you did. Number six of the Federalist Papers basically points out my whole soliloquy here, if you please. Number six, which you read yesterday, basically said that there are those in our society who are the few, and I'm paraphrasing this. Actually, I don't want to paraphrase it. Let me uh let me let me get this. Hold on a second. Let me see. Okay, yeah, right here. We're we're in the uh, uh number six, concerning dangers from dissensions between the states. Alexander Hamilton speaks. The causes of hostility among nations are innumerable. There are some which have a general and almost constant operation upon the collective body of society. Of this description are the love of power or the desire of preeminence and dominion, the jealousy of power or the desire of equality and safety. That's what I'm calling for in this text. But then there's another factor. I want to talk about this group right here. The others, not less numerous than either of the former which take the origin entirely in private passions, in the attachments, amenities, interests, hopes, and fears of leading individuals in the communities of which they are members. 
men or women of this class, whether the favorites of a king or of a people have in too many instances abused the confidence they possess and assuming the pretext of some public motive have not scrupled to sacrifice the national tranquility to personal advantage or personal gratification. Now, I'm going to just leave that in your pipe. Just, just puff on that for a few seconds. Matter of fact, roll that up and some roll that up and make a joint out of that. Smoke weed every day. I'm sorry. So, letter number six. If you're going to say, well, Eric, nothing you said makes sense. Go read letter number six of the Federalist Papers. Just read it. Start to finish. And I almost, no, I am 100% put my head on the plow, pull the level. Certain that you're going to see everything I've been trying to tell you in these here 20 some minutes. Hmm? As a matter of fact, we're going to take a little pause here and I'm going to read letter seven. Uh -huh. You read that too while you're there. And watch and see them we so, 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 they're gonna line up and watch what I tell you. Take a pause for the call. Mr. DJ Mam DJ non-binary DJ, please. Won't you say why you're stranger now? Your eyes escape mine when I sit you down. Don't you feel like we're holding on? Onto a fairy tale, but the magic's gone. Time to 
So, I um, take back my recommendation. You probably shouldn't go and read the uh, the sacred texts of Letter Seven of the Federalist Papers, unless you're interested in you know the the hoopla and the mumbo jumbo of uh, you know legalese and various arguments that probably only a lawyer would love. Here are the main points that came out of Letter Number Seven, and well, let me just say it like this: Here's what I think my friends feel about me. Do they hate me? Absolutely not. Uh, do they think that I'm a self-pretentious egomaniac who only thinks that he and he alone is right? Absolutely. But then again, the reason why they think that is because they're self-pretentious egomaniacs who only think that their community is right too. Which makes us a great bedfellow. Because we don't see eye to eye. And if you want to talk about how to create a healthy culture, it requires people who don't see eye to eye. And hopefully, in not seeing eye to eye, what you get is a overarching conversation that makes for people who can then take their individualism and their ideologies that are in their respective places completely contradictory to any other, take those, carve out something that makes sense for the whole conversation, and then take those pieces that we get. Oh. <laughs> Why can't the country work and we just all figure out what? All right, good. We agree on that. Cheese. All right, that's it. All the other hoobla, we agree on cheese. So now you know what we're going to do. We're going to go over here. We're going to get us some cows. We're going to let them, you know, poop out milk. And then we're going to take that. And I don't know how they make cheese, but and it comes from the cow. That's where it starts. That's about all I know. Huh? That's what we're going to do, right? All right. None of this makes sense to you, of course, because... For some reason, this world today just doesn't make sense. Well, my friends, I guess you can call this an early release day. Hmm? Go get on out your hair. It's under our hour, of course. But, you know, sometimes you just need to spice things up a little bit. I believe in spice. Actually, I don't. But, you know, I'm working on, you know, uh, being uh, off the cuff and more unpredictable. Hmm. Anyway, it's Veterans Day. Go enjoy your families. Go enjoy your friends. Most importantly, go in and reflect and celebrate the fact that it is because of those fine individuals. I must say that every time I have a chance that you and I have the opportunities that we have, that we are afforded the freedoms that we that we can sit here and hate each other and fight each other and disagree and call each other stupid and and protests and all those things that we find so normal is because of these fine individuals who fought who signed up put their john hancock on the dotted line and said hell i here i is here i is and so for that we are grateful all right we're gonna get together again Lord willing, and that damn crick don't rise. God bless that damn crick. Until then, 
I must reiterate, thank you for caring for your friends and family. Thank you for sharing with your communities. And most importantly, most importantly, take a moment to pray. Not just for the people, even on this day, of these states united who lace up the boots. But who lace up the boots everywhere. May there be safety. May there be peace. May there be tranquility all over this land. All right. We'll get together soon. Till then. Laters. I'm on my way out. Might hit the club and I might stay out. Little chicken on my brand of steak out. Fresh for the mall, got them checking me out. I'm on my way out.